0: Hello everyone and welcome. I am Kveldrida and you are listening to Pagan Spirituality Today. This is episode number six, Living Out Loud. Before I get into today's topic, I have a couple of pieces of news. This show is now listed on Proud Pagan Podcasters, on Podcast Pickle, and on Podcast Alley. Although I have not become searchable yet on some of those sites, it should be soon. Also, I have hit over 500 total hits on Podbean. This is streaming, download, the whole shebang. But over 500 hits in under three months with just five episodes. I'm pretty excited about that compared to the established shows. That's ridiculously small. I understand that. But it excites me, and I'm looking forward to 1,000 hits in the very near future. Today is February the 8th 2009 we are one day away from the full moon at least in the northern hemisphere I don't know if that varies from one hemisphere to another but there was a gorgeous near full moon out my window last night but it's cloud covered today and I can't see it by the way I have not received any email from listeners yet I would really like to get some email and you can email me at PaganSpiritualityToday at Comcast, C-O-M-C-A-S-T dot net. That's Pagan Spirituality Today, all one word, at Comcast dot net. I have received a couple of more friends at Pagan Space, and some folks have joined me at Facebook. I'm also at MySpace, so if you're on any one of those portals, go ahead and become my friend. I always like hearing from people. I like knowing how you're enjoying the show, um, which episodes you've heard, and if you have any suggestions or ideas become my friend there. Also, I wanted to mention that Brooke, the iPod Witch, has me, my show, listed on her website in the section what is on Brooke's iPod. Um, I'm friends with Brooke on Pagan Space and I just wanted to say hello to her and her listeners. I want to thank her for listing me she's given me a little bit of nice feedback about the show and I've talked to her about her show as well and of course I cannot mention any podcast without mentioning Pagan Parents on the Edge Fox and Erwin my favorite show okay so on to tonight's topic living out loud let me define that I don't mean wearing a giant pentagram or your ritual robes to work or passing out business cards that say I'm a proud pagan to every person you meet on the street. I don't mean living out loud as a polar opposite of being in the broom closet. I'm not suggesting you push your religion in anyone's face. I'm not even suggesting that it comes up. Uh, What I'm talking about in living out loud is you have a set of values presumably that you feel are pagan values, your own personal beliefs and values, Living out loud is the idea that you are finding some constructive way to manifest those values in your regular daily life. For instance, most pagans talk about the environment and the ecology as being one of their major values. It's a reason that they became a pagan, it's what defines them. Yet, an awful lot of pagans do not do anything in relation to the environment or the ecology. Perhaps they recycle because their municipal garbage company requires it. But beyond that, what are you doing? Do you go to a public park to do cleanup? Does your coven sponsor a highway cleanup project? Do you donate money to the Sierra Club? What are you doing in a daily and consistent way that defines that value, that brings that value into real life and into manifestation? That's what I mean about living out loud. It's in no way about pushing your religion on anybody or even necessarily talking about your religion. It's living your religion. So that's what I'm going to be talking about. By way of example, I'm going to share some of my values with you and how I have tried to manifest them. First, something that I am consistently doing, which is recycling. In my town, recycling is not mandatory. You have to ask for the bins and you put everything in a single bin we used to have a separate bin system but now they separate it down there so we recycle Uh, I often take drink containers from work or other things that I pick up during the day I try to bring them home and recycle them does not mean I always do it but it's something I think about when I go to the store and I'm gonna buy something particularly something inexpensive the kind of a purchase that you would make without thinking I've begun to ask myself, am I actually going to use this for how long and where is it going to end up in the end? Is it something I can give to someone else? Can it go to Salvation Army? Or is it just going to end up in the trash heap? And if it's going to the trash, if I don't really need it, why am I buying it? I have become sort of crazy about the idea of having too much stuff, too much clutter, Yet I don't want to take anything to the garbage because I feel like usable things should be used or recycled at the very least. Another thing that I have done in the past, I'm not currently doing, but my brothers and I used to do trail cleanup in New York State when we used to hike a lot. We used to do public park cleanups, things like that, and these were not pagan things. My brothers were not pagan. It was just something that we shared. It was a value that we shared, that we wanted to find specific ways to manifest. Another thing that I've done, although this has not worked out so well, I believe in an active ancestor world, ancestor world, spirit world, however you want to think of that. I really like cemeteries and graveyards. I always have. Beyond being quiet and peaceful, and there's often some wonderful art there, and I'm also attracted to the idea of the human story. We're all gonna end up there sooner or later. Uh, I joined a group on Yahoo uh, about a year and a half ago that said it was a national organization for the preservation of graveyards. They were gonna provide you with a list of forgotten cemeteries or untended graveyards in the county where you lived or close to where you lived, and they gave you all the information you needed to know about the laws covering tending to a graveyard. Obviously, these graveyards are not in use. You're not interring anyone. But you could go there and cut back the brush or pick up trash or perhaps kids party there on the weekend so you're getting the beer bottles out or what have you, just clearing off the stones, just giving people some dignity in their death. I joined this group, and I thought it was going to be great, but nothing really happened. The national organization, I guess, has folded up They never provided me with a list of cemeteries in my area, but that's something I was really interested in. It's something that is very close to my spirituality, and I don't like the idea that so many people are forgotten and their graves are damaged or let grow over or what have you. Here in Washington, where I live, we have a problem of land erosion. Even the cemeteries that are professionally maintained some of the land is eroding and with that erosion are going the tombstones and presumably the the remains of these people down the hillside and since there is no money in fixing it no one appears willing or interested to do anything about it that is a big problem for me but it's not something that I can personally solve another value that I believe in is justice and I also believe that when you've paid for your crime you've gone to prison and you've done your debt to society you should return to society preferably a better person someone who has been availed additional opportunities to make up things to society to that end I became a prison volunteer for a little bit less than a year now I went in as an asatru group sponsor and I personally do not practice mainstream asatru I am a eclectic heathen but I was the only person these inmates had, it was a male prison, and I went there and tried to give them some spiritual direction. Turns out that they weren't interested so much in what I was doing, and I didn't end up staying. I found someone else to take the group over, and it has continued on, but it was a way that I was trying to be useful and make my values count in the real world. Another program that I have been interested in is Hospice Volunteer. A lot of people will be freaked out by that kind of thing. Hospice is the idea that you have some form of terminal disease. They really can't do anything for you. So you're going home to be comfortable, to be with your family. Your pain will be managed as best as possible, but your end is in sight. That's what hospice essentially means. Well generally, families take care of people in this situation. Whether they're elder or they have HIV or whatever it is most insurance companies don't pay for full-time care a nurse or nurse's aide to come to the house so a hospice volunteer comes over one day a week for a couple of hours and does dishes or just sits with the person who is ill talks to them plays cards with them whatever giving the caregiver a little bit of a break some time to get away this is something I've been looking into I think I would like to do But we're working a little too much right now, I think, to devote the amount of time that I would like to. The reason I looked into hospice uh, is that my mother died of cancer in the 70s before hospice was available, when you generally went to a nursing facility and were given enough drugs that you were in no pain, but you basically did not experience daily life. You just went there to die. I didn't think that was a good thing. I didn't think it was the appropriate way for someone who has their sanity and their capacities to live out the end of their days. Now that I know about hospice, and I've talked to some people who run that program, I think it's really good. It fits in with my value that death should be something that is managed better, that people are not as afraid of, people do not run from, that it can have dignity and it can have decency in the end of life. So that's another value of mine that I'm looking for an expression of in the real world. Okay, I have a different thing to talk about now. It's still living out loud, but this is a story about a ritual that took place, I guess, 11 years, 10 years ago now, back when my wife and I had our coven. We were living in Virginia, and we decided to do a sowing ritual. We lived near the town of Yorktown, which, those of you who remember your American history, has a large battlefield. It's where the American Revolution finally kicked the tar out of the British with the help of the French fleet. That battlefield is now a national park that you can visit. There isn't that much to see, really, just some earthworks and some cannon laid out, but it's a very nice place to go. There are a lot of ghosts and ancestors wandering around that battlefield we decided we would have a ritual there. To set the scene, it's technically illegal to be in the park at night, but that is really the only violation that you're committing as you're in the park after hours. At that time, we did a very tool-heavy Samhain ritual. We would bring a straw bale or hay bale for the altar, carved jack-o'-lanterns for the quarters. We had a lot of tools, so there was quite a bit to drag over. I don't remember, there was eight, maybe nine of us attending the ritual that night. In any event, there's nowhere to park at the battlefield except at the interpretive center, which is where the police will drive right into if they decide to check things out. But we didn't think they would. We didn't think it was something they normally did. We went prior to dusk, so it would not be strange to see us drive in there. We went down into, I guess you'd call it a ravine There was earth built up on both sides of us, so we were down in a little trench where we did not think anyone would be able to see us and the light from our candle would not reflect very far. But as we were setting up, and we were in ritual costume, by the way, which we do not do now, and it wasn't that common then, but on this particular occasion we did, a dog came running over from somewhere. Someone was walking their dog in the park. It was not on a leash and it stood at the top of the mounds above us and barked and we heard people slowly coming closer and calling to the dog and the people saw us they looked over the edge and got quite concerned and wandered off but I thought well they've gone home you know they're not going to bother us so we continued with our setup and we did our ritual we were in the quarters I believe somewhere early in the ritual And then all of a sudden, light all around us. There were several police officers shining their flashlights from the top of the mounds of earth, and they slowly started coming down, everybody stay where you are, keep your hands where we can see them. They were very concerned. I didn't realize how concerned they were until I saw that they all had their guns out. So they come down the hill, and they're telling everyone, keep your hands where we can see them. And... Everyone seemed a little bit scared, and I just said kind of quietly, "Oh, it's all right, everybody, just stay calm, it's fine. And one of our members had bought a sword around that time. It was one of the ones you buy at the mall store, you know, not particularly great, but it looks impressive, it looks scary, and he had stuck it in the center of the altar. And one of the policemen wandered over to the altar, grabbed the sword, and threw it off into the grass, which at the time was wet, and the owner of the sword started grumbling, hey, what are you doing? And uh, I said, hey, look, shut up, you know, let's just get through this. So there was a lot of what are you doing here? Who's in charge here? What is this? What is going on? And I stepped forward and spoke to the officers, and pretty quickly it turned out I was talking to a couple of county sheriff's deputies and one park ranger. The park ranger had Called for backup since he is alone there. Very quickly, the park ranger holstered his gun and started talking to me. They wanted to see everyone's ID, as I remember, driver's license. And the park ranger came over and he looked at the altar and he said, So, what are you doing? What is this? I said, Well, we're having a salmon ritual. We are pagans. Uh, some people would call us Wiccans or witches or what have you. From that moment on, he was excited really excited. He said, well, what is this? What does this do? Why do you have this? He never touched anything. If he needed to move something because the other officers were concerned it was an illegal substance, he would say, may I touch this item? May I move this item? He was having a grand old time. He totally forgot that he was a policeman supposed to be investigating an apparent crime. And the other deputies got quite annoyed with him very quickly. So in fairly short order, the deputies started saying, look, this is your show. This is your call. Stop fraternizing with these people and let's get this business done. It was probably 10 minutes of question and answer with the guy that we referred to thereafter as Park Ranger Rick before the deputies said, look, there's nothing really illegal going on here. These people just have to leave the park and were disgusted. The deputies were and said, look, you guys have 10 minutes to get out of here they were pretty clear that they had wanted to bust us for something. They didn't like the idea that we existed or that we were out there, but we hadn't done anything other than be in the park after hours. So we hurriedly got everything together and we left the park and we thanked the ranger for him and the deputy's courtesy and that nobody had uh, shot anyone because I was a little concerned with them coming down with their guns out. But in the end, it actually turned out quite well. The ranger was so excited by what we were doing and what we were talking about he gave us the address of the ranger station now I don't know that he thought we would come back but after we talked about it we decided we would go over there and visit him and see if he or the sheriff's department wanted to know something about paganism when I was a kid in the 70s ritual crime was this big scam and big scare across America and these self-proclaimed experts were going around telling everyone that all kinds of things happening in their community was satanic or ritual crime of some kind. That type of thing had happened in Virginia in the later 80s, early 90s as well. So we thought, well, we could talk to them. We could tell them what, what we're doing. We did discuss it with the ranger. We discussed it with the deputies at the York, thing is York County Sheriff's Uh, None of them were interested. Their supervisors didn't want to pay for a training session with ritual crime when they didn't feel they had a ritual crime problem. But as I said before, I don't really care if people think well of us or don't think well of us as pagans, but I do believe that you have rights as an American, that your religion is legitimate and legal and all of that. This was one simple opportunity to tell someone in law enforcement who we were. And after much debate, it was something that my wife and I decided we wanted to do. We were rebuffed in the end, although we had a couple of nice conversations with Ranger Rick. It didn't pan out, but I'm glad that we had done it. I'm glad that we had said, look, we're not ashamed of our behavior other than being illegally in a park after dark. We think that we have the same rights as everyone else, and we were given that kind of grudging respect that you get when people don't want to admit you're a taxpaying member of society. They just don't happen to like your beliefs. And this story makes a nice segue into the second part of our podcast. We're still talking about living out loud, but positive portrayals. Now this is something pagans are constantly talking about. How does the media see us? How does the larger society see us? And in episode five, I said, I don't really care. And that's true. I don't really care. However, for those of you who do, I have a lot of things to say about how do we get people to see us in a more positive light. On that note, I have a special guest with me in the Pagan Spirituality Today studio tonight, my wife, Oni. Say hello, Oni.
1: Hello, everyone.
0: So, Oni, we were talking about uh, my subject for this evening and my wife had a few things to say about it and the first thing we were discussing is that living your values isn't a pagan specific thing. Do you want to talk about that?
1: It isn't a pagan specific thing. It goes for all people. Just because I'm a pagan doesn't mean X, Y, or Z. Being a decent person whether you're a Christian, a pagan, a Muslim, whatever you want to call yourself you have to be decent you have to be compassionate you have to show kindness and think about how you want to be treated and treat others likewise and if you're responsible and respectful people treat you and take you a lot differently than maybe if you're kind of flighty or or just kind of out there
0: at least we think Living values is not something inherent to one spirituality or another. It's inherent to a certain kind of maturity, a certain kind of stableness of personality. What we're saying is that if you're living your values, someone doesn't need to know that you're a pagan. They just know that you're a good, stable person. Someday, if they should find out that you are a pagan, their opinion of you will be deeply changed by having known you as a good, stable moral person.
1: At least in my experience, and this, I'm agreeing with you here, Kveldrina, is that if you show these traits, when people find out later, they're like, oh, it's no big deal that that person is a pagan. And they don't really think about it beyond that. They think you're a decent person. You're someone that they know, that they understand, that they're friends with, And that the bit of you when you come out, if you come out, about being a pagan, it's not that big of a deal. And if you act like a fool, you're going to get treated like a fool. So if you want to have a positive portrayal, you yourself must be the one who's doing the portrayal. You can't affect other people's behavior or be judged by others' behavior.
0: Yeah, I really feel like we're basically saying the same thing, that... There's no impression of the community. There's only the impression of people these other folks have seen. If all they saw was Mad Mad House on TV or what's that show Wife Swap or something, if this is what they know as pagan, that is what they think is pagan. Your behavior in your own personal life will have much more to do with how people in your town, in your sphere, view pagans because they know you. You're the living representative.
1: And also, this is a work in progress. I'm not Gandhi. I'm not Mother Teresa. I have good days and I have bad days. And frankly, everyone does. But it's a matter of trying your best at working towards those goals to become a better person. And I guess one way I consider it is that there may be people out there that I don't like and that drive me absolutely bonkers, but I have to think that somewhere someone must like them. Like for instance, I work somewhere where I deal with a lot of older individuals and I get frustrated because I think that well since they're older they'll be more I guess polite, respectful, however you want to put it, but the reality of it is a lot of older people are cranky. It's either because they're treated crappily by their family or they're sick a lot of the time and nobody really pays any mind to them. But I try to think of it as some of these people are someone's grandma or grandpa. And that while I may not like them, I should at least be respectful and deal with them in a kind and pleasant manner And while it can be very frustrating, I try to change how I'm thinking about things because someday I'm going to be old. And so I'm just trying to work on that and become a better person.
0: And that's where where I was saying the decency and dignity of death and the end of life. Maybe the end of life is really unpleasant in this country. We don't treat old people particularly well. I guess it's not that surprising that they don't always treat us particularly well. It's a cycle. You can be part of that cycle and perpetuate it, be a cranky old person and be bad to old people, or you can do as Oney is saying and try to think that's going to be me someday. How would I want things to be going? Now, Oney, on to something else. You had said you wanted to talk about the idea of people being out and feeling safe about being out as pagans.
1: Yeah, I know that there are pagans out there who say, well, I can't be out because I'll get persecuted at my job. Or I can't be out because my ex-husband or ex-wife will try to get my children taken away. In my personal experience, this is just me speaking here, is that I have not had that happen. I have been out at every one of my jobs. I've worn a pentagram, but I don't have like the huge hubcap size one. I have a small, little tasteful one.
0: Eventually I'm going to get a hubcap, but I don't have one yet.
1: Well, we'll make sure it's got lots of bling on it, too. Maybe a spinny one or something. I don't know. Anyways, one of the first places I was out was when I was in the military. I was in the Air Force. I was in civil engineering. I did carpentry, sheet metal, masonry. Not really a field that you would find many pagans in. And I was the only one in my shop.
0: Not many women, either.
1: Yeah, not many women, either. And I actually went out in the field and worked with the guys and stuff. So I was not an office person. But the guys that I worked with were pretty redneck. But we also had a Catholic, a Seventh Day Adventist, Pentecostal.
0: Pentecostal Holy Roller. Yeah,
1: Pentecostal Holy Roller. And I don't remember what some of the other guys were. But occasionally we would talk about religion and things. And when I was talking to the Pentecostal holy roller, we would get into discussions like because they do laying on of hands very much like Reiki or energy healing. And that he came around to the thought of, you know, we're not that different. We're doing the same things, but we're calling them different things. We call them by different names.
0: And that was really only possible because they knew you as a person, they didn't know you. As a pagan, and then know something about you later, they knew your character, and it just turned out you happened to be a pagan.
1: Yes, because I did not go up to everybody and say, hey, I'm a pagan, but if some subject came up, I would speak my mind about what I thought about something, and they'd say, well, what do you mean by that, or what do you mean Halloween's a holiday, beyond just like trick or treating and I would talk to them about it. And it was just kept in a very respectful manner. And sometimes they were a little goofy with things like when it was time for me to leave the military at my going away party, they got me a broom because I was not driving a car to work at the time. I was riding a bicycle and they always asked me where my broom was. I said it was in the shop and they felt I needed a better quality broom to get around on. And I've been out in work now that I'm in cooking, and it hasn't been an issue there either. And in fact, I've run into a number of other people that are pagans and cooks, or Wiccans and cooks. And it's not an issue if you are not going up to people and saying, well, you will worship the goddess if you act in a respectful manner, like we stated earlier, it's not going to be an
0: issue. And it does not mean there has never been a case where child services has come after someone's kids or a person has been fired for being a pagan. Did you know it's legal to be fired for being a Democrat or a Republican in 25 states? Your preferences of any kind can get you fired. It is not because you're a pagan. You could be a Hindu and be fired. The laws are quite clear that If you don't have a contract, if you're not a union employee, work is an at-will situation. You can be fired for a million reasons that seem unfair or discriminatory. Under the law, they're not. And the other thing, too, is
1: that those laws are also enforced by, well, I don't know if I would say whim, but a lot of personality has to do with it. If you have a good relationship with those people or... Even if it's just a neutral one, if they think, oh, they may have some strange beliefs, but they're decent.
0: They come to work and get the job done. They come to
1: work, they get the job done. If stuff needs to get done, they're there. They treat other people in a respectful manner. That holds a lot more weight than somebody who maybe doesn't show up on time or talks about people behind their backs or any number of things that show you as someone of Poor character.
0: In most jobs your private behavior is private and people don't care. If you make it public, if you make it an issue, then you're treading water.
1: Yeah, I would agree with
0: that. Okay, so that finishes pretty much our topic for today, but before we go Oni has a story she'd like to tell about this whole thing of living out loud. Go ahead.
1: Alright, I know a lot of pagans talk about to be silent. So some of the story I cannot relate because of that, but I will relate the parts that are relevant. There was a spell that I was doing, an offering as it were, at a crossroads, and it had to be private. No one else was there other than...
0: A crossroads where, where two roads met in like a, a, a cross or an X pattern, not yes. railroad tracks.
1: not railroad tracks, Um, it, and it had to be like a definite cross
0: four-way intersection
1: four-way intersection Mm -hmm. so I had gone out and I'm driving all over Ohio and I'm coming across ones where it's like three roads coming together or five roads coming together or it's kinda crooked and since I had to be by myself I was out in the back roads near farms and such so I finally found the perfect one like, yay I found it finally so I park my car over on the side of the road, and I get out and I start to do my stuff. There had been no cars at all when I was looking for this place and I found it. And I get out there and I'm starting to do stuff and then here comes a car. So I move out of the road.
0: Because you're, you're at this point standing in the road. Yes,
1: I'm standing in the center of the crossroads. And so I'm doing my thing, get out of the way, I go over, just kind of stand there nonchalantly so I can wait for them to go by. And...
0: As if you can stand there nonchalantly. You're in the middle of nowhere <laughs> at a crossroad, standing outside of your car, looking nonchalant.
1: Well, trying to. Yeah. <laughs> and so the car goes by. Well, then I get back out and I start over again. And a car comes from the other direction. So I'm like, oh, man. So I get out of the way. We repeat. And then that car goes away and the first car comes back, coming the other way. And they come back and they go, Um, ma'am, are you having car troubles? Is there something wrong? They say, Oh no, I'm fine. Everything's fine. It's okay. Like looking at me very strangely and
0: I didn't you say they were like looking around, like, is there someone else out here? What's happening here?
1: Yeah, they were looking around and I was just saying, No, everything is fine it's okay. There's basically, move along, there's nothing to see here. And eventually they did go away. I was finally able to get my offering done, but I just thought, you know, any other time when I go out and about to do normal things, it seems like nobody's there. But when I'm up to stuff, everyone is there.
0: This story relates other than being funny and the kind of thing that happens to everyone. You know, if you're trying to do something public, all of a sudden it's Madison Square Garden, wherever you are. Not being ashamed of what you're doing, not being afraid of what you're doing, meeting the odd normal person in a public way, and not being freaked out by that, not running home and hiding your head under the covers, this is living out loud. She didn't go over to the car and say, look, I'm a pagan and I'm doing a ritual. You know, get on out of here. But at the same time, it felt strange to, to be looked at, to have these yeah. people see you. But it didn't, it didn't make you feel like doing the offering was less important or less valid. No.
1: And actually, a lot of the times when I do <laughs> offerings, people have a tendency of turning up. And a couple of times, the people that have turned up have, like, asked a couple questions... And I will talk about stuff that I feel comfortable with in letting them know.
0: Like the time that you were down at the river. Yes. And you like almost the... beamed the guy in the head.
1: Yes. There was... there was a... I was making an offering at the river. I was taking, like, the little small baby pumpkins there. And I was throwing the pumpkin so it could go more out in the center of the river. And when I threw the pumpkin, a... It crossed the bow of a boat and nearly beamed a guy because he was coming around the corner of some trees and his other fishing buddies pretty much just tried to do the, I don't know what those weird people are doing. And he, the man I nearly beamed, was pretty interested. He was like, well, what are you doing? What's happening, what's going on, and I told him what I felt comfortable with him knowing. Basically, stuff that could be considered common knowledge.
0: Well, you told him you were doing an offering of some kind, yeah, right? Him I, I mean. i was
1: doing an offering. And I don't know how
0: common knowledge that is exactly, <laughs> well, but.
1: It wasn't stuff that I would consider secret.
0: Right, right, but, but it wasn't normal.
1: No, it's not normal or Christian or...
0: Right, so whatever. I mean, you were you were doing something out of the ordinary, yeah. but... And you explained, I'm doing this thing that's out of the ordinary, but you didn't say it's for this God or what have you.
1: Well, actually, I did say who I was doing the offering for, but I didn't say what the... Like, what I was specifically... Why the asked. offering. Right, why the uh-huh. offering. And he wanted to know a little bit more, so I told him, and I don't know... Like, what happened from there, I would imagine his fishing buddies probably gave him a bit of a ribbing about the whole thing.
0: And why are you talking to that (laughs) weird crazy lady throwing pumpkins in the river?
1: Yeah, but I handled it in a, I guess, normal manner.
0: A way that was comfortable for you. Yeah. And made them comfortable with you because you didn't act like a lunatic.
1: Right. And I also didn't act like what I was doing was wrong. I mean, pumpkins are biodegradable.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think that's the definition of biodegradable, is edible.
1: I did not make it into an issue or a big deal. It just was.
0: Right, and and that's what the general gist of this entire episode has been. Living out loud is living your values, is living your religion, even if you were a non-religious person, your values and beliefs, in everyday life, in the real world. And I feel that far too few pagans and far too few people in general, but I'm talking to pagans generally here, are doing this. There's not enough of this. There's the large outward displays of grandiosity. You know, I'm wearing my big cloak and a giant pointy hat to go to the library.
1: Or the whole D&D kind of thing, like the, well, I'm a 15th level whatever, and...
0: Which is not to say that at some point in our lives we didn't play D and D, but we don't think it's our life now. And
1: it and it wasn't well. Even when I played D and D, well, I did play a lot of it. I did not dance around or prance around or whatever. Going, you need to be respecting me. You're taking me seriously. Because oh, of right, this.
0: right, yeah. There's no there's no sense of self aggrandizement. No. In in the way we're talking about living out loud, we're specifically saying use common sense live out loud in a way that you would if you were a christian or a hindu or an atheist or any other kind of person so people know where you're coming from will respect you and will want to know you and your being pagan will seem like such a small thing compared to your character
1: yeah i would definitely agree with that
0: well, that's going to do it for tonight's show. Uh, just a couple little notes before I go, we go in this case. <laughs> you can hit me up at Today at comcast.net. That's paganspiritualitytoday, all one word, at comcast, c-o-m-c-a-s-t dot n-e-t, for email, that is. You can become my friend at Pagan Space. My profile there is Kveldrida, K-V-E-L-D-R-I-D-A. At Pagan Space, you can hit the show at Facebook or MySpace. We would love to hear from you. We would like you to friend us up, send an email, contact us in any way that it suits you. I want to thank you for listening. I want to thank my special guest, Oni, for coming in tonight.
1: And I want to thank you all for listening, and may the ancestors always bless you.
0: On that note, we are going to sign off. Peace, everybody. Take care.